2: This is the Pro Football Chase Podcast. A podcast that has featured interviews with Rams wide receiver Robert Woods.
1: Three to thousand yards. Uh, and, you know, last year, unfortunately got hurt midway mid, in the season. But other than that, just just working and grinding to, to get to this point, And uh, probably broke it with a lot of games left.
2: Packers wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling.
1: Just uh,
3: the fact that we got, a uh,
1: you know, uh, all pro on the other side of the ball, um, you know, and um, So when you got a guy like that, you know, that's just going to get the main focus. Um, obviously,
3: you know, people start to know my name a little bit after I made a few plays here and there.
2: Broncos offensive guard Ronald Leary.
3: It would either have to be a counter or a pin
0: and
1: pull play when we get on the edge and run. Uh, I think it's always impressive when big guys we can get out of that stance and move and hit somebody, so.
2: in rising stars Dalton Risner, Charles Amenehu, and Jawan Williams. This is a podcast that offers player perspectives from some well-decorated veterans, including T.J. Hushman-Zada. And
1: people will say, oh, well, is that person got a franchise quarterback, uh, look, look at his record, does it, It tell you he is. Oh, he has a great success he has his DJ You tell me a quarterback in the entire NFL, that's not time break."
2: That does more with that. Game previews, recaps, and analysis. Turn the volume up. The chase is on and the chase is live. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Signs with you. Joining me for an interview today is Texan safety Justin Reed. Reed was selected by the Texans in the third round of the 2018 NFL draft out of Stanford. He just finished his second NFL season. Justin, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing well,
2: man. Third round pick, but felt
0: like I win the first.
2: Yeah, I got you, man. I can imagine that long wait that drug out a little bit, but I think it's safe to say at this point the Texans got a steal with you in the third round. You've been able to play some high-level football in Houston, Justin. But news broke last week that you played the entire 2019 season with a torn labrum in your shoulder. You underwent surgery. Can you talk about the challenge of playing through the injury and how you're recovering?
0: Yeah, it was definitely difficult at first, especially the first few games, because I kind of had to change um, my style of play a little bit. And, you know, I'm, by, by trade, you know, runs really in the Reed family. We're a physical bunch, you know what I mean? We like to hit, we like the establishment of the field. I like to run and I just love to play in general. So really just had to learn the ways and how to tackle in order not to leave my shoulder in a vulnerable position. Um, some growing pains through that, but eventually got it down, and, and sometimes you honestly couldn't avoid leaving yourself in a vulnerable position, because at the end of the day, you got to make the tackle to get the guy on the ground, and you got to do what you got to do, but it wasn't difficult. I had a great training staff that um, helped me along the way. We we took MRIs uh, periodically throughout the season to see where I was at. The injury wasn't getting worse, so I just continued to play, man, and you know, bit the bullet through the pain, and... And just moved on and kept playing. Just the ability
2: to move your shoulder and the way you play, very physical safety. I can imagine that it was something definitely that you had to work through on a week-to-week basis. But you finished your sophomore campaign with 78 total tackles, 57 solo, one tackle for loss, two interceptions, five pass defenses, and one fumble recovery. So you stuffed the stat sheet this year. What was the major difference from year one to year two in terms of your improvement as a player?
0: I think it was just that comfort and that confidence level and just knowing that I knew the playbook, I knew my teammates, I knew my job and responsibilities, and I knew my opponents a little bit better. Everything wasn't new. It wasn't my first time. I knew how to study the game better. I learned from players who mentored me, not only like my brother from before, but also just what Tyron had taught me, what Kareem Jackson had taught me, what Jonathan Joseph had taught me. And then guys like Tashaun Gibson, uh, Jaleel died. They came in and taught me even more. OG Mike Adams also came in later in the season. And, you know, I just got to learn from those guys, be confident, in my own abilities and really just step my game up. And, you know, that's really what I'm really excited for is this next opportunity next season to not only do what I did this year, but, you know, I wanted to have a hundred tackles. I, I felt like I could have had four or five picks, you know what I mean, and really capitalize on all of those opportunities and be at the top of the charts, not just, you know what I mean, where I was.
2: Yeah, and I know you just mentioned your brother, Eric Reed; He's a Pro Bowl safety, currently playing for the Carolina Panthers. Can you talk a little bit about the impact he's had on your football career?
0: A hundred percent. Part of the reason that I went to school out at Stanford was because at the time he was playing for the San Francisco 49ers. He was right down the road from me. When I was in high school, he was playing at LSU, grew up in Louisiana. He told me about college when I was in high school. And when I was in college, he told me about the NFL. At times I would go to his games. um, I'd watch film with him. He'd break down opponents with me, what they were doing that week, how their game plan and what the difference was between college and NFL. And then just as we're going about this year, we just talked about our similar opponents. We actually played um their NFC division. So I'll talk to him about the Titans, the Jaguars, um, and the Colts. He talked to me about the Buccaneers, the uh the the Atlanta, and then um and New Orleans. You know, we were just able to pick each other's minds on, on football and what was going on. Now Justin,
2: the Texans finished with a 10 and 6 record, won the AFC South and advanced to the divisional round of the playoffs. What did you enjoy the most about this season and your accomplishments as a team?
0: Um, I felt like the the team chemistry is starting to come along more and more. Like we started off, we had a young team. If you just look at the the overall level of experience, as guys like we're keeping that core group together and just adding more years together, so that experience factor of us being on the same page with each other as players and also with the coaching staff, I think is growing more and more. And going from rookie year to sophomore year, it's just, I feel like your life settles down a lot more. Like you don't have a million things going on at once from moving to a new city, getting to know how everything's going on, how the city goes, adjusting to being a professional athlete. You just know more in your second year. You have those relationships with your teammates better and what I enjoyed the most was just that camaraderie with my group, my teammates, um, you know what I mean, the wins and the losses. You know, we we had that nine-game win streak this year. It was almost crazy this year. It felt like every game it was like win two, lose one. But the most enjoyable part was just the locker room, the practices with the guys, you know, just being on the field with your friends, doing what you love to do.
2: Justin, it seems like you're a big time fan favorite of the Texans fans. How have you liked living in Houston?
0: I really like it, man. It's 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 the best of all worlds for me because, like I said, I grew up in Louisiana, just outside of Baton Rouge. So I still have that those southern tendencies. How nice, how generous everybody is down here. How great the food is. You can go to any you go to any corner nice. down in downtown. You'll find some great food, man. Southern food wherever as whereas, like Mexican food is one of my favorites. Um, I feel like the city really took me in. um, And I just love performing for our fan base and our crowd here doing what I can to help our team win games.
2: So talking about some of those quarterbacks that you faced in just two seasons, Justin, I was looking at your stat box. You faced veterans Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Eli Manning, who just announced his retirement, Andrew Luck before he announced his retirement, and some rising stars like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. So I ask you this, I know it's probably very tough to comprehend, but give me a short list of quarterbacks that have been the most difficult to game plan for and play against?
0: Mm. Okay. I would say top two. I would say actually top three. Number one, Drew Brees. Just because Drew Brees is so special in how he delivers the ball to everybody on the field. It's not like he just goes to one guy. He does have Michael Thomas. Who's a phenomenal receiver, but Drew Brees will throw it to anybody. Even Taysom Hill is catching TD passes. You know what I mean? Um, number two, Lamar Jackson. Just because he kind of brings that Mike Vick element with how it can move across the field, but honestly, I think he's better than Michael Vick. Just in the way that he's able to throw the ball, too. He's, he's just as dangerous. Um, the triple option that they did was very hard for a lot of teams to stop, you know what I mean, throughout the regular season. And then lastly, um, Patrick Mahomes is right up there too, just because just dual threat quarterbacks um working as a defensive back, dual threat quarterbacks is one of the harder positions to go against, just because you can cover all day. And if you have a quarterback that can also extend plays with his legs, it's very difficult to cover wide receivers for seven, eight, nine seconds at a time.
2: Yeah, I can see that man, Lamar Jackson just watching him. Every single week, light up the NFL with his ability to make plays both in and outside of the pocket and then completing passes on the run, which, you know, you got to face him this year in Baltimore and then Patrick Mahomes. So I ask you, Justin, because I really value your opinion. You're out there playing these guys every single week in the NFL and we know Patrick Mahomes and he's got the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. What makes Patrick Mahomes Such a complex quarterback and the way he's able to complete passes with a variety of different angles from the pocket and outside the pocket.
0: I think what you really want in your quarterbacks and all the best quarterbacks have this is, number one, being fearless. Fearless to take shots downfield. Fearless to really just launch that really um, Aaron Rodgers mentality to throw the ball downfield. He has the receiving core and the talent around him that he can – he can take shots on field all day. McCall Harmon, um, 4-2 guy. Tyree Hill, maybe a 4-1 guy, how fast that guy is. Then you got Travis Kelsey. And then you got the rest of their roster. Like, they got playmakers that are able to make plays. And you got a quarterback that's not afraid to throw the ball downfield. And when he needs to, can get out of the pocket to give those guys a little bit more time and run for it also if he needs to.
2: That makes a lot of sense and looking forward to seeing him against those uh, San Francisco 49ers. Now, Justin, I know his status is uncertain for the 2020 season, but I just want to hear some of your thoughts on Romeo Cornell and the impact that he's had on your young NFL career.
0: Um, I think without a doubt, if you talk to anybody in the entire book anybody that has ever had a Romeo Cornell, we call him rap anybody that's ever had Wreck as a coach, you won't find one guy that has not liked him. Like, he just has the ability to have all of the players around him really rally behind him. He knows how to talk to the players, how to relationship with everybody. He just has that charisma that you want to play for him. You want to do right by him. You want to do things his way. You want to really just play strong, tough, physical football behind him because he has a way of just bringing that out of the players around me, you know what I mean? He's one of my favorite defensive coordinators that I've had in my football career. Um, I'm happy that he'll still be around the building. I'm not sure in what form, but you know what I mean? I I really enjoyed having him as a coach.
2: Justin, the Texans, they promoted defensive line coach Anthony Weaver to defensive coordinator, and Weaver, he played as a defensive end in the NFL for seven seasons and ended his career with the Texans from 2006 to 2008. How excited are you to play in his defense moving forward?
0: It's actually, and I bring that up, I'm actually really excited. I think Weave has that same ability. Like, you know, I like Weave so much that I would go hang out in the D-line room in the middle of the season, just to go, you know what I mean, Josh around with the D-line with Coach Weaver. He's a great guy. He really knows what he's talking about. He preaches physicality, and he's going to do a great job.
2: Now, here's something that I saw was really cool, man. You were voted the Ed Block Courage Award by your teammates, which is an annual award given to select players for modeling inspiration, sportsmanship, and courage. What does that honor mean to you?
0: It's huge, man, because this is the only award in NFL that's voted solely by your teammates and nobody else. So whenever my teammates voted that for me, it was unexpected. You know what I mean? It was just a testament to my teammates. And, and I do it. The reason I fought through the season with my labor and everything like that was for them. It was for the city. of Houston. It's for the fans. But it was for my teammates, too, because... I wanted to be on the field with my brothers and to play with them. And my teammates recognized that and and they voted me for the award. They meant the world to me to be able to go up to uh, flying out to Baltimore actually in March for that award ceremony and be able to represent them.
2: That's great, man. Hats off to you again for winning that Ed Block Courage Award and showing your toughness and your grittiness. That's certainly something and a trait that is worth admiring. Now, Justin, just a couple more questions here. What are some things you want to improve upon ahead of your third NFL season?
0: Um, I would say just finishing every play. Um, I have a very aggressive mentality, attack mindset, just finishing, no drop balls. I I stray away from saying statements like, I'm going to get five picks this year. or I'm going to get six picks this year. Just because I believe statements like that lead player's to be taken advantage of by being too aggressive, that leads you being caught in double moves, that leads you trying to force plays. Um, My mentality is I'm not going to miss a play. I'm not going to miss a tackle. I'm not going to miss a ball that hits my hands. You know what I'm saying? I want to be 100% in all of those categories. And I believe playing to that style allows you to play your job, not get out of your role, but to do your job as best you can Have your teammates do that their job as best they can. When you capitalize, because you're going to have opportunities when they come your way, when you capitalize on all of those, then good things are just going to happen for you and you just make the plays that come to you. So my statement and what I encourage everyone out there to, especially my young guys playing football, um, maybe guys, I've talked to a lot of guys that are thinking about coming out in a draft next year and they tell me about what do I need to do next season. I just tell them, man. It's like, You don't do to do you just the biggest thing you want to do is you want to be consistent because your good play your bad plays matter as much as your good plays. And being a consistent player, those are the players that get you to win championships. You know what I mean? Occasionally great players will disappoint you, but if you have that consistently good, that consistently great player that shows up week in, week out, does the same thing every time then that's the difference between being good to great and being that playmaker that your team needs you to be week in and week out. So my challenge to myself coming into the next season is I want to be the most consistent player in the NFL showing up week in and week out, no down weeks, um, fewest missed tackles, and most plays on the ball, especially balls that hit my hands, turning every one of those into interceptions.
2: That's great insight right there. And, I truly believe that we're listening to one of the biggest rising stars in the game. I know big things are in store for you. Just listening to you talk, your preparation, the way you study your opponents. And so that's great advice for the younger players and all those who are listening to the podcast. Now, to close it out, Justin, who will win Super Bowl 54?
0: Woof, woof. Wolf, you're talking about the league's best offense against the league's best defense. And uh, that's a real tough question. I got a lot of friends that play for the 49ers. So I'm gonna I'm a, I'm a go with defense, man. I'm gonna go with defense. I think their pass rush, Bosa, along with the Forrest Buckner, all those guys up front, Solomon Thomas have been doing a phenomenal job for them. Um, I think they're really gonna get after it, do a good job to really speed up Patrick Mahomes' clock. Um, I'm going to give the edge to the 49ers.
2: Yeah, man, I know it's a tough one to call, and I'm looking forward to watching it next Sunday, Super Bowl 54. Hey, Justin, I appreciate your time, man. Thanks for joining the podcast this evening. Again, as I told you, I wish you a speedy recovery, and I'm looking forward to seeing you get back on the field in 2020.
0: I appreciate it, man. I'm looking forward to going out and doing what I do. Blessings and take care. Appreciate you.